Hi, welcome to the Prescription Podcast. On this show, we present to you up-to-date facts on medical-related topics. We are your hosts. I'm Ian, a surgeon. I'm Zichin, a gastroenterologist. We're both practicing in Kuala Lumpur. So we are on Apple and Spotify Podcasts. Please follow us for updates on new episodes. And today, we are on episode number 12, and we're talking about obesity. You want to lay down the statistics on obesity in Malaysia or just being overweight? Yeah. So I think obesity, overweight, I think we should all talk under one umbrella, right? So I think we have some numbers here from the uh, Malaysia Institute of Public Health. They actually has been conducting this national um, survey on health and morbidity since 2011. And the latest update that they had was actually published in 2019. They're actually doing it in a four-yearly cycle, so pretty updated. So okay. they have reported mm-hmm. in 2019 that our overweight and obesity rate is alarmingly high at one in two percent. Whoa! Yeah, there's so, two of us here, but okay, never mind. <laughs> never mind. All right. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, but okay. yeah, fifty percent of the population. Okay, got you. Right. Yep. So what do we mean by overweight and what do we mean by obese? So overweight, in this study, right, in this data survey, they actually take a BMI cutoff of 25. Okay, BMI stands for? Body mass index. Body mass index and is calculated by usually using the weight in kilograms and height in meter. So weight divided by height and divided by height again. Yeah. Correct? So you yeah. get a kilogram per meter square. square. Yeah. Correct. All right. So um, in obese, if you're obese, is anything BNI more than 30? Okay. This is according yes. to, okay. yep. to this study data. Okay. So to make it easy across the board. So there's another thing called abdominal obesity, which is measured by your waist circumference. So for male and female, it is different. For male, is more than 90 cm mm-hmm. um, in male. And for female, is more than 80 cm. This also is one in two in our population. Mm. I thought it was a waist-hip ratio, but okay, never mind. Yep. Well, they Go put ahead. it as abdominal obesity, okay, yep, right? Yep, so okay. it is, is the waist circumference that yep, they measure yep, in, yep. right? Okay, yeah. So I think we mentioned earlier on that this BMI that we're using is actually more of Caucasian standards. Actually, Asian is a little bit different. To be overweight, it's actually slightly lower than 25, which is 23.23. Sorry. So, which means we may have actually more obese or, sorry, overweight people that we know of. Yeah, scary, right? Scary. But yeah, yeah, I think that's for all purposes and and users, we will just stick to 25.1 and above, right? Yeah. Okay, so. I, I don't know if you get patients uh, who see you for being overweight or obese. I certainly don't. But I definitely do deal with a number of patients with other problems who come in with that problem. And uh, it certainly poses a challenge in terms of treatment, especially when it comes to surgery. And of course, at the same time, they have multiple health problems, usually, right, when they're yeah. overweight. Yeah. yeah, I think most of the time, uh, uh, most of the time we call that the metabolic syndrome as well. So while I do not directly treat obesity, but many of the patients that we see as uh, we the 
on the topics that we mentioned earlier, like fatty liver and all that, you know, they all come with obesity as well, if not overweight. So I know that, um, as you know, I think we all know that there's uh, um, a few things, you know, that that would contribute to obesity or vice versa as well, you know, okay. like so um, chicken and egg. Yeah, it's one one or the other. Diabetes, hypertension can lead to obesity, or obesity can lead to yeah, and also high cholesterol, right? Yes. So all this condition is also at an alarmingly high in Malaysia as well. So again, you know, back down to figures. I think figures tells us more and it, it senses the alarm you know and uh, hypertension you know like hypertension 3 in 10 of the Malaysian mm. are actually having hypertensions yep. right but only 50% of them are aware that they actually have the hypertension right? now I know a bit unrelated but you know there is this progression of the number of people being obese or overweight in probably the past 10 years why do you think that's so well, I suppose maybe diet yeah. and physical inactivity, lack right. of physical activity. Yep. And certainly that is to an increasing number of um, overweight and obesity in our population. Right? Yeah, probably a change in social economic status as well. I think one were to afford maybe just being able to eat one bowl of rice, but now can afford to eat two bowls of rice instead. That also changes. I'm, I'm sure some people don't really change their diet, just change the volume of what they eat, as what I see anyway. Yeah, but anyway, that's yeah, just probably, sidetrack. Probably. But we'll maybe talk about that, you know, and how we're going to manage yep, and how yep, we'll address yep. we'll our diet, right? Yes. So, so then back to the other component, yeah, that we commonly encounter in patients who are overweight or obese yeah. are um, diabetes. So one in five Malaysian has diabetes mellitus and mm. is also on a rising trend. Yep. And again, cholesterol, four in 10. So these figures are actually really alarming and yeah. it's, it's really, really on a rise. Yeah. I think what's more alarming is most of these diseases actually are without symptoms initially. So a lot of people don't feel the need to seek treatment or they, you know, I mean, if they do, they just tell you, maybe I don't need medication yet because I don't feel anything. But I think what I tell my patients a lot of times are these diseases initially don't have any problems, but when they finally do hit you, it's already really kind of too late, right? Yeah, it's always that. And it doesn't occur in a day. It's, yes. it's accumulation over years. Yeah. And we definitely do see higher and higher rates of childhood obesity as well. Yep. So that leads to to obesity in adulthood. And, yeah. and to tackle that, you know, when they, are, when they are in adulthood, certainly it takes much more effort and, and longer time, you know, to go back down to the ideal Correct. weight and, and um, to, to probably, if not, improve the other medical conditions. Yeah, so what someone does today may affect them 10, 20 years down the road. And I certainly do regret some of the things I did 10 years ago, you know, the amount I ate and the inactivity and whatnot. So maybe I'm trying to make it all up now or it's just a midlife crisis. <laughs> Oh God, that, that's another topic. Okay, anyway, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's, not, let's not get there. Right, let's yeah, not get back, there. So, back, back but again, the um, the availability and affordability, as you mentioned earlier, on you mentioned about how people can eat more, better, um, socioeconomic now, and also the availability and affordability on your gadgets. That certainly would also bring down your physical activity as well. As oh, okay. You're talking about... Sticking, to, sticking the to the phone too much. Well, some people play, you know, Pokemon Go and catch. 
doesn't that okay I mean yeah I, I get you I get you <laughs> just jokes aside yeah okay to- to- totally yeah and I think more people decide to sit at home maybe watch Netflix you know those who yeah you I get guess, carried away yeah you, know, you get carried away yeah. when you're reading and all you just get carried away yep, with yep. the information the abundance of information that's available there right, right. So, okay, I think we have given enough figures and enough um, impact and how has it affect us, right? How are we going to manage? How are we going to approach that individual? You know, when when you see someone for some other medical problems, when they always, that's how they present to us, or at least that's how they present it to me. For something yeah, that's not related, you know, to them um, in, in terms of obesity, well, how how are we gonna start a, a a conversation with them and you know to to help them to have a Man, better this is like communications one oh one you you do realize <laughs> this is a very sensitive topic to broach right I mean just telling someone that they're overweight in in this day and age and I have to use this term I'm I'm I I don't know I hope I don't offend anyone but it's a very woke society now right and whatever you say yeah. to someone you know people might get upset but of course. I think with utmost respect as a doctor, when I, I tell someone and ask someone to consider about their weight, I mean it with all in all good intention, actually, because I, I do worry. I do worry. Like we talk about all this other, I mean, you know, this diabetes, high blood pressure and high cholesterol, are just some of the many things, right? They have problems sleeping at night. They have uh, joint pains because of the weight, all these are just sequelae from just being overweight. They might not see it in the first one, two years, uh, but they, they may eventually uh, see it in the next five to ten years. So I usually broach the subject by asking all these other problems, right? You know, do you have this and that? And try to kind of ease my way into talking about, you know, just the being overweight or yeah, obese. Yeah, it's basically just make them understand that all the problems you have now yeah. is most likely due to just being overweight or obese. Yeah, right? uh, yeah, yeah. I think then again, I think we need to draw a very fine line because sometimes, unfortunately, we may come across as judgmental. And I think that's the role of the doctor, which it's a completely different topic, but that's also yeah. important how you approach it. Like, like you say that it is very sensitive. But I think we stand at a, a, a little bit more advantage, yeah, because being where we are as in um, the position that we're in, the position that we're in allows us and gives us more room and space to give them appropriate advices and the, yeah, yeah. the more and the easier for them to accept our comments in, mm. in a way, yeah, depending yeah. on how we put forward, right? Yeah. Yeah, how would you approach? I mean, say a patient is keen to do something about their yeah. weight, yeah. right? What would you do? So it's always a multidisciplinary approach okay, to begin yeah. with. Yeah? But before we reach there, understanding how the patient's background probably, mm. yeah, mm. Um, what actually happened and led him to today. Mm. Well, I think majority of Malaysian will be our diet. Yep. And of course, lack of physical activity as well. That would okay. have contributed. And our diet is fantastic. Right, okay. food so you're going to ask some so, questions. So basically understanding the background on the diet from there to lead them on, right? And to always pair with their existing conditions. If they have fatty liver, diabetes, hypertension, and of course, always starting down from diet and physical activity and how we're going to manage them on diet, mm-hmm. right? So average, yeah, understanding how much of calories that they consume in a day is helpful. Mm-hmm. Average, we need uh, 2,000 kilocalories a day. 
for an average depending person. Depending on yeah, okay. Depending on your physical activity as depending, well. Depending so on that, size of the person overall. Yeah, age, gender, physical activity. Mm-hmm. So that will determine your physical uh, your daily calorie requirements. Okay. So I always ask my patient to, you know, there's a lot of apps available. Jot down the daily calories that you are actually consuming now and to see actually how much you are eating and how much in excess you are eating. Yep. Okay. So from then on we identify the types of source and the source of the calories that you're consuming, whether they're from, from carbohydrate, proteins, fats, you know, mm-hmm. this type of subgroup in your nutrients. And from there on, I will guide them. Yeah, And also, of course, referring to a dietitian would be very helpful in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. of course, I'm sure you would also make sure they don't have actually some sort of illness that is causing them to be yes definitely right? definitely right there are, certain so diseases. You are, there are certain diseases there are certain diseases with medications on yeah. board that would have made them yeah. so if once you've, once you've ruled all those yes. out you're going to talk about of course diet and probably physical yeah uh, so this is at least to give right? them a guide on how to go about you know it's very general for us to say oh you need to control your diet what do you mean by controlling diet it's very vague and very loose term it has to be always very individualized. Yeah. Now, you see, here in where lies the problem, I feel we can give advice, but who's going to follow up? Henceforth, work hand in hand with the dietitians. And of course, if they have a luxury of a combined clinic or an obesity clinic, that would be a plus point. Okay. So say, I mean, yeah, that's definitely, you know, I think consistent with what we've been saying throughout the whole podcast. It's always lifestyle modification, right? But what if your patient comes to you and say like, hey, can I just pop some pills, you know, make me well, slim? you could, you could, right? But definitely that's under the uh, observation and, and uh, a recommendation by the, by the specific doctors who mm. actually manage, actively managing obesity. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so again, it backs to obesity clinic. Yeah. So, of course, I think one of the things that has gained popularity in Malaysia over the past, maybe past decade, if I can say, is actually surgery, right? For obesity. Well, it's also actually called metabolic surgery. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But that's never the first line. Yeah. Right, agree. Yeah, okay. uh, there are guidelines in place uh, where you know they go through this multidisciplinary yeah. clinic. They, they go through a very low calorie diet first yep. to begin with, yep. right? Physical exercises, improved physical activity, yes. and we have not really mentioned about how much physical activity is. Yeah, I think there. this one needs a physiotherapist as well because we can't ask someone who is overweight to do the same kind of physical activity as someone who is you of can't. normal weight, right? Course, you can't expect you can't. them to just run. Yeah, right. It's yeah. not going to do very Probably well for the joints works and whatnot. For the overweights, yeah, but yeah. not the obese Correct. and above, right? Yeah, yeah. So for the overweight, yeah, just a few words about what's physical activity and what's adequate physical activity mm-hmm. and what's the requirements, right? So you do want to um, recommend them some moderate intensity. Mm-hmm. So moderate intensity are like your brisk walk, yep. yeah, where you walk at about six point five kilometer per hour. Okay, so at least you have a measure. How fast again you said? 6.5 kilometer per hour. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Or cycling, probably, yeah, at about, mm. probably about 10 kilometer per hour. That speed gives okay. you a moderate intensity. So moderate intensity means you burn the energy. 
yeah. about three to six times yeah. every minute compared to when you are sitting. I like to really talk about sustained heart rate. I mean, be, well, because you see, right, people are going to tell you as long as I sweat, right? Yeah. As long as I sweat, that's fine, right? So, you know, Too say they do got exactly. And uh, even if someone's cycling, they can always cycle and then stop, cycle and stop. I, I always feel that's important to do a continuous activity, 30 minutes, get the heart raised up, at least say 1.5 to almost, well, two times is probably quite high already, but slightly above 1.5 times of the base heart rate, which means what they have at rest, yeah. you want to, Keep it. I mean, usually most times it's 100, about 100, 120. So I always tell them about rough. 120 because yeah. we are all not athletics, Correct. right? So basically taking a baseline at about 60, right? 60 heart rate. That's so for non-athletic, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think most non-athletic people will be 80, 90, 60 is kind of kind most of athletic, athletic right? Yeah. yeah. So so 120 is, is probably um, the usual one that I always mention to them. And the duration, right? So yes. the duration is... Um, if it's moderate, 150 minutes per yeah, week. 150 to 200. <laughs> they have increased it. You Already? Know? Oh, man. It. 150 to 200 moderate. But if you're doing high intensity, you can probably cut down to 75. Minutes, really? Right? Is but that high, your recommendation high, now? <laughs> high intensity is about running at 10 kilometers per hour, right? Again, I think, it, I think again, it depends on um, yeah your overall fitness because you know, a real fit person, 10 kilometers per hour is nothing. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so individualized. In the very individualized. Yeah. But if the person is very fit and able to run at 10 kilometers per hour, I would say probably he won't be overweight. Yeah, yeah. Right? No, it, okay, this is, this is to, okay. to, to, yeah, to, yeah. to okay. bring you to that level. Of course, okay. this is at an escalation um, uh, kind of intensity. I don't ask you to hit 10 kilometers per hour yeah. just now and now. No, you're not. Yeah. You're, you're not going to. That's why a physiotherapist or a trainer there to yeah. guide you um, to lay out a, a, a treatment plan on your physical activity you yeah. know, if you're overweight or obese right so that would be great lifestyle modification which includes proper diet right which re it's reviewed proper exercise which is also reviewed by someone who is of uh, knowledge medication if necessary and the last I think if before all this, no alcohol no smoking yeah lifestyle modification so I think if all this have been tried and you know it's still difficult or for some reason they're unable to perform any of these then I guess that's when usually they definitely usually then decide for surgery especially if it will help the patient or the person in their overall health yeah definitely all this diet physical activity and whatnot uh, conservative help. management should have a timeline yeah okay and it will help to a certain extent we probably will not be able to reverse i mean if you are 150 kilos and whatnot sometimes this will help you initiate and this is very important also yeah is to start off with the right mindset correct. right correct mindset yeah correct. i have patients who wants to jump into something shortcut because they do not want to do the exercise and the diet because of course definitely is much more tedious yeah right? but it's, so, i think it's a lifelong thing even if they've had you know the magic pill or even the surgery it can come back Yes. If the mindset yes. is not set correctly yes. to begin with, yeah. right? Yes, definitely. Therefore, starting off with something just from lifestyle would slowly help them to ease into this journey yeah. and get the right mindset so that the effect, the results will be able to sustain. The last part is procedure or surgery. I'm just going to quickly summarize. There are multiple 
procedures and I may not be able to name all of them. It can be done endoscopically or surgery. Most of the time now it's laparoscopically or keyhole surgery. Endoscopically is basically putting in a, a camera or a tube through the mouth and doing some sort of intervention through that. Laparoscopically is basically going under full general anesthesia, completely asleep where make small incisions in the tummy and from there they do the surgery. Now they kind of divide this procedures surgery into three things where we say it's a volume restriction, uh, malabsorption, or it's a mix of both. So the whole kind of idea with volume restriction is because the stomach is the place where food first arrives after we, we eat and the stretch of the stomach usually gives a signal to tell us that's, that You're we full. are full. And I think like anything else, the stomach is actually kind of adaptable. So if we keep increasing the amount of volume, it takes more and more each time to fill our stomach and go full. That's how people kind of go into that cycle. So what they do is they try to limit or restrict that volume so that signals are sent earlier to, to tell someone that you've had enough. So endoscopically, they can put things like a balloon inside the stomach to, to reduce the, the volume inside the stomach. Or if you do a surgery laparoscopically, they can actually cut part of the stomach to reduce the volume. Whereas malabsorptive surgery would basically, we call it like a bypass Food basically travels and has less time to be absorbed and hence we don't get as many nutrients in that sense if I can put it as simple as that. I'm trying to make it as simple as possible. Yeah. Okay, I, yeah as simple and as factually accurate as possible. It's an option and a variety of the yeah, options this, that this, we have this, out there. Yeah, this yeah. one needs to be discussed with the Definitely. surgeon. Uh, each has his own pros and cons and uh, each will have its own purpose in, in treating it's individualized according to the patient. Yeah, but definitely. There are definitely. Yeah. But these are the options available out there. When we mentioned about reducing the size of the mm. stomach and cutting down so that you reduce the portion that you eat. Yeah. So this is also something that you can do when you're doing your diet control by controlling your portions. Yes. Right? Other than the adequate diet, cutting down the low calories, the portion of the diet, by slowly cutting down the portion, like you mentioned earlier, that is the stomach is very accommodative, right? Yep. You can also help to shrink it. But of course, if it's so extended, distended, it's very difficult. But controlling the portion, that's one of the big concepts there. So you can yeah. start by your diet. But of course, if you can't, then surgery is the option. Though. It's not easy to control. I mean, I think a lot of times we... I mean, as Malaysians, everything's about food. We see each other. Have you eaten? You know, sudah makan ke belum? You know, it's always that. Right? That's the number yeah, one. Yeah, we eat six then, meals a day. And then when, when we're done eating, you know, we, we think about next that, meal, right? Well, we think about next meal or ask, are you full? You're not full? Can you, have, you want some more? Do you, do you have room for dessert? You know, we keep stuffing ourselves sometimes. And I don't know, there's no one else to blame but ourselves sometimes. I'm, I'm guilty of it, you know. Sometimes at 11 o'clock at night, I'm thinking, you know, hmm, maybe I should fill my stuff. But we don't. So it's it's a matter of rethinking and recalibrating. Yeah, yeah. So we have what, to educate, you know. Yes, always. Sometimes once in a while, yeah, you can go yeah, there are and some eat and indulge and all that. But it's not on a daily basis. Well, yeah. my BMI is not high, but I do have supper at times. You know? mm. So you that's allowed. You know, yep. it's not completely not. Dr. Wong so, says it's allowed to have supper. Note. <laughs> Note that down. Well, I never deprive people from food, <laughs> right? Okay. I never tell anyone, 
um, that you can't eat this, you can't eat that. But manage a portion, yep. a moderation. Everything is in moderation. The right portions brings you the right way. Yeah. I think if I can just adequately or properly summarize this whole episode, it's just that you need to have a game plan and you can kind of stick to it, you know. Game plan doesn't just mean I must do A, B, C, D, E. You must have fail safes as well. Or days where if you fall back or you know fall, if you think you fall short, you must be able to predict that and tell yourself that's okay. Yep. Yeah. It's yep. it's a journey. It's not a one two day thing. It's not even a one month thing. It takes months, right? Yeah, takes months. Sometimes it goes to years. Yep. But well, don't be intimidated. At least you can start today. Do yep. something every day is a small steps and towards the end goal. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We have talked a lot and exceeded a lot. <laughs> I think, <laughs> well, yeah. it's a big topic. It's a big topic. It's so much it's to talk topic. about. I hope, right? I hope we managed to keep you guys somewhat interested and I hope you guys learned something. Yeah. Uh, but I think we cut it as that. I think as per usual, uh, if you do have questions, please do email us Yeah, at prescriptionpod P-R-E-S-C-R-I-P-T-I-O-N-P-O-D at gmail.com to then thank you for listening in all right take care bye bye bye